Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Produced by Allmont Global and in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide. This week, I'm chatting to Kenneth McPherson, the IHG team leader who heads the whole world other than the Americas and China. Yes, he's got everything else, but he's used to that. For instance, during his time before joining the hotel world, he was looking after Diageo, that enormous drinks combine, where he looked after the whole world there. And IHG, unusually, has a history of bringing people in from other symbiotic industries. This last week, for instance, IHG announced that its new head of Africa, Middle East and India, reporting to Kenneth McPherson, is Hatem Mata, whom many of us knew in his previous existence, first he headed tourism for Ras Al Haima, and then he moved on to Saudi's tourism. It is very important in today's world that hotels do not work behind blinkers, that they look outside at other sectors of today's lifestyle. But now, let me hand over Kenneth McPherson, the floor is yours. Kenneth, it's lovely to see you again because you and I are good friends over a few years standing and I didn't know you, sadly, in your previous existence, but I've heard about it because one of the many unique things about you is that you came from outside of hotels. You came from drinks, but from a very big company, Diageo, which has so many brands, I managed to find out that actually it was even older than uh, IHG in that it seems to go back to 1865. But now, if we look, you have one of the portfolios within the hotel industry that goes back to 1949 when IHG opened the first intercontinental in Belém, Brazil. Then Holiday Inn came along in 1952. And if we look at your superior upmarket brands, I don't want to use the word a luxury, you still have some old favourites like Beirut, the Phoenicia, which opened in 1961, and you have such a portfolio of modern properties. What have you learnt from the, your drinks experience, Kenneth? Well, um, thanks for that, Mary. Um, the, the, the drinks business, as you say, is is founded on generations of leaders who've um, 
grown the heritage and they've grown the reputation of brands. And the Diageo business is is one of the world's best at creating value for their partners, um, opportunities for colleagues, and um, for their shareholders through strengthening brands. And that was one of the things that attracted me to IHG. Um, is as you say, it's the the great brands that we have. Uh, you've mentioned some of those. Uh, thank you. But it, it's about a business that believes that by constantly growing our brands, by making them more appreciated by guests and by creating more value for the asset owners, that we can we can keep growing the business. And something that's very similar between between the two um, industries, which on the face of it might might seem actually uh, uh, quite different in, in many ways. So that's uh, been, been been delightful to, to carry on branding. And they and they need each other because in most countries in the world, uh, people who are staying in one of your hotels expect to have something alcoholic, and people who are drinking something alcoholic are definitely going to need somewhere to sleep at night. Kenneth, is it encouraging to you to know that? you will always have a market because it's not as if you're selling clothes. Everybody needs somewhere to sleep, don't they? Oh, for, for certain. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning it eight years in, but, but it, Mary, it seems pretty clear to me that the hospitality industry uh, goes back thousands of years um, meeting, a, as you say, a deep-rooted need um, to provide a warm, dry, safe and welcoming place to stay, um, either travelling for a purpose or, or then you know, later on um, for pleasure. It's a, it's a deep-seated uh, requirement and that's as true today as it was when the industry first first started forming. But there are differences even now uh, to what you've just been saying. Yes, for years, uh, hotel stays divided themselves or the operators divided themselves into um, work stays or leisure stays. And now, over the last few years, we've seen a merging of work and play and it's become pleasure as people who perhaps are going on holiday, are still going to do a bit of work and are going to check emails at the very least. And people who are coming, let's say, into London or into Paris to do business, you want them to stay the extra day to enjoy themselves. Absolutely right, Mary. Um the, I think the days, as you say, of just travelling and doing one purpose um, are, are thankfully um, somewhere behind us. Um, I've you know, travelled a lot. I, I love travelling. Um, I can see myself that I've increasingly wanted to um, enjoy the, the facilities that, that, that the hotels can offer 
um, whether it's around fitness and well-being, whether it's around different types of uh, nutrition, um, alongside actually the facilities that are provided for meetings, events, for for being efficient and effective. And I think that's a general industry industry trend, and it's it's a very positive one. And these trends are moving the whole time. A couple of decades ago. Uh, Intercontinental, which is the brand I know best, actually, in your marvellous portfolio, knew that it was essential to have swimming pools inside hotels because PAs who were making the reservations for their bosses were told by their boss or the boss's other half, make sure that you book a hotel with a swimming pool. So a hotel had to have a swimming pool, but less than 10% of the hotel guests ever used the pool. Now we've got, actually, the wellness permeating an entire property, I think. Do you agree? I do. I think it's it's wellness in, in two senses. There's wellness for the guest, um, someone who's chosen to, to, to book the hotel mm-hmm. who wants to um, have uh, either fitness, uh, wants to have uh, spa facilities and also is actually thinking about nutrition and what's on offer. And I think that's important. Uh, we're also seeing um, wellness of planet and there's a far greater focus um, across uh, multi-generations now on how anything is whether it's the hotel or or other things in our lives about is this being run in a way which contributes to planets that contributes to community to society to 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 a broader wellness um now at, at, at isg we've just announced our journey to tomorrow which really talks about that contribution that we're going to make it's it's an ambitious statement about what we intend to make um and that's because it's it's just what we need to be doing now, satisfying both the guests and also that broader um, requirements on us in, in, in business. Can you remind us what Journey to Tomorrow is, Kenneth? Yeah, so it's, it merits all about our responsible um, commitment. Um, it talks about the protection that will put in place around the world around us. So that's really thinking about environment and sustainability. Um, It talks about our people, um, and that's really bringing in the diversity, the equality, the inclusion agenda. How will we challenge um, uh, great, great topics like conscious bias that's so, so important? And, And then how we will actually be a positive force in communities. So we're actually contributing proactively to the communities that we operate in. Um, now, this isn't just talk. It's also got, for example, science-based targets um, around carbon and the impact that we'll, that, we'll, that we'll generate there. So it's really making a commitment that on those three key areas, we will run the business to make a positive difference. And that fits with true hospitality, which is all about um, ISG's purpose. How are we going to see this uh, impacting future hotels, hotels that perhaps are uh, on the drawing board at the moment, ready for tomorrow in time for journey to tomorrow? I think uh, maybe the the most obvious area for me would be on energy 
um, consumption and about how the hotels are designed to minimize the energy footprint. Um, now that's a combination of how the space is configured. It's about the uh, technology that is brought on board to, to manage energy effectively. It's about ways of minimizing the energy wastage. And um, it's really good as I, uh, as I you know, look around the region that I'm, I'm lucky to, to be able to manage. Your new hotels, Kenneth, um, are they going to be impacted? Are they going to look different? You mentioned space realignment. Uh, how is space realignment going to affect the bedroom? Well, firstly, Mary, I think we don't know all the answers on this. And I would go back to what we've said is that we've set ourselves very high targets and we still got a lot to work together with our partners, um, collaborating on how we're going to make this happen because it is so important. And, and I think for anyone who's, who's chosen to listen to this, uh, I would call out that need for collaboration to find the ways to solve this. But say the bedroom question, um, you know, I am seeing a greater uh, focus on more efficient space utilization, um, generally in the hotels to, um, use less space for the same experience if you go into the bedroom and also include the bathroom with that as well definitely we're seeing traction on the um, bulk amenities that are coming in that's very important about um, plastics and very important about the amount that is consumed and the amount that needs to be could or could be wasted or not we've made commitments on that we're seeing water usage and actually having more efficient uh, showers and water systems um, coming in as well. So I think it can come into lots of ways, including, of course, the materials that are used. And for our Voco brand, for example, um, we're using sustainable recycled materials um, for for quite a lot of the, the soft fittings in, in the Voco um, bedrooms. Voco so is, su is such fun. Voco is um, orangey yellow fun. It makes you smile, um, which takes me on do you think for instance that a general manager from Avoco can switch to become a general manager of an intercontinental hotel or a regent hotel or a Kimpton or a Six Senses and I think that the, the few few ways that I would approach that um, firstly I think it is about the individual Mm. Uh, I believe there are um, people who can adapt between brands and they're extremely capable, very flexible, and they know how to run a hotel in, in the most effective way for a certain brand. Um, I do think it is uh, more challenging to be an absolute luxury expert and then to actually also be yeah. a, an expert at running the other chain scales. I think that's that, that could be a stretch that, that many people would just find either something they don't want to do or, 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 or just not instinctively um, 
work out how to do it the right way for the different train scales. It's, a, it's actually, you know, Kenneth, it's rather like a lot of your guests who are on the business side, used to travelling around in suits and ties and um, beautiful John Lobb sh shoes and somebody would always polish their shoes outside the door at night. And, well, the hotels that I've stayed in or that I last stayed in, um, you simply didn't see shoes outside in corridors overnight. You know, one of your hotels I stayed in, in mainland Europe, I'm not going to tell you which, but I put my long boots outside to be cleaned and they disappeared. They were found uh, several days later in a laundry cupboard, which shows the fun that your colleagues that your staff were having which brings us on to how do they feel how do your teams feel about this whole ESG and wellness movement are they similarly involved in wellness for themselves and wellness for the planet my, my, my experience is that the wonderful teams in the hotels are a vibrant pulse of enthusiasm about these areas. I mean, we, we've clearly, we've got a, a, a very large proportion of younger um, members of the teams in the hotels. And this is so important for, for, for that, at that end of the age spectrum, but actually, um, great leaders in hotels know instinctively that they have to play a role with communities, that they love rallying their teams to make a difference to their communities. Um, they, they know that this is more important to guests and they're passionate about finding ways to enhance the guests' experience by showing what the hotel is doing. So when, when, when I travel to the hotels and you get onto these topics, it, it, it's wonderful, Mary. There's just a wave of enthusiasm. There's innovation. There's there's a desire to um, find ways to advance this, and I think that's brilliant. And, and as a leader across many hotels, many many markets, the job is how do we tap into that, and how do we allow our teams to be so proud of what they're doing and the way we're running our business because we don't have to persuade anybody um they want to be doing this and how do we set them up for success it's just a great privilege to to, to to do that it is such a delight talking to you kenneth you're so infectious i want to join your team straight away well kenneth your passion and your enthusiasm is infectious certainly to all those many people, the thousands, the tens of thousands of people who work for you around the world. And also for the owners. We didn't have time to chat about how IHG has a particularly strong and uh, affected and involved group of owners. There's a great stickiness between the owners of intercontinental hotels, for instance, and the management. 
and thus to the people working in hotels and thus to the hotel guests and thus to the local communities and the world in general. I'm really interested in globalism and the world in general and how we all care about it and making it a better place. And next week, I'm going to be chatting to another good friend, Mark Dardenne, who is in charge of luxury for Accor. And he looks after several brands, including, of course, the brand that we still have to see, uh, which will be Orient Express, long-awaited, jet very prolonged gestation time. But let's hope it won't be too long. Let's hope that Mark Dardenne next week is going to be able to share some pretty exciting bits of news for us all. And I can't wait to hear him and to be with you all again in a week's time. You've been listening to the Mary Gosselow Girl Ahead podcast, produced by Allmont Global and in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide. Join us next week for another exciting insight into the world of luxury travel. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the show.